Daddy always saw me Hold your head up high It's just one moment In all of time If you can't see it Just close your eyes And believe it It's all inside So keep on keeping on Till the walls come down Reaching higher till your feet Don't touch the ground Hear the power of praise Flowing out your mouth Let me hear you If you need freedom
of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Joined with my life, I sing in vain tonight. So may the words I say, the things I do, make my life song sing, bring a smile to you. My heart was true Let my life so 
to each and every one of you. Glad that you are here with all of us, this uh, community of faith, as we worship our God, who is so loving, so kind, and he loves us so much. I want to welcome those that are in the house today, also those who are on Facebook. Glad that you have joined us. Uh, if you are a guest here, we'd like to get to know you. A couple ways to do it. Uh, one way is you can text 1C guest to 94,000. Uh, you can also stop at Next Steps in the family gathering area, um, Facebook, uh, maybe put a shout out, put your name there so we know you're there. Uh, again, we celebrate uh, you and being a part of worship with us today. Um, also, a little bit later, we're going to have a time of prayer. And if you have any prayer requests you would like included today in our service, you could text those prayer requests to 402 242 5051. Or if you are on Facebook Live, you can actually put them in the comment section and we can include those in our time together today. And then a little bit later, we're going to have communion. Just a reminder here at 1C, we believe it's a gift that God gives to his people. We believe it's bread and wine and body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if that is your faith, that's what you believe, we encourage you to join us. And if you didn't get the elements on the way in, you could go during the next song and pick up the elements by the kitchen window. Uh, let's see, what else? Later in the service, at the end of the sermon, we're going to be inviting anyone who is involved in the education process. All right? 
teachers, administrators, people who are in charge of facilities, um, preschools, homeschools. I mean, if you are imparting and blessing others in the area of education in any way, uh, we want to celebrate you today. And one thing we're going to ask you to do is to come forward at the end of the sermon, and Randy will invite you to do that. And we'd just like to pray. Pray a blessing uh, on you and your ministry and how you make a difference in the lives of so many people. So uh, that'll be a little bit later, but be ready for that. And then, in fact, the whole month of May, we are celebrating community. Next week is Mother's Day, and we're going to celebrate women who are a blessing in our life. Whether you have kids or you don't have kids, um, whether, like for me, my mom is up in heaven, I'm going to remember her and give thanks to her. We're going to celebrate that. And then the 16th, we're going to celebrate healthcare workers. Uh, I just, COVID-19, that's all I got to say. It turned so many things upside down and twisted so many things. I'll just say those involved in healthcare were in the front lines as well and made a difference for all of us. So that'll be the 16th. And then the 23rd, we're going to celebrate recognize graduates. So if you are a graduate, we'd like for you to come and uh, we're going to uh, pray a, a prayer of blessing on you as well. Also, don't forget, we have a brochure okay, that's available for you, whether on the way in or on the way out. And in here, you're going to find the Bible verses for the sermon. You'll also find out a lot of different things that are happening in ministry. And also, there's a QR code that you can scan, and it'll take you to a place where you're going to find a whole bunch of mission and ministry opportunities. So make sure you get this if you didn't on the way in. Let's continue to worship. Thank you. 
times have you given me strength? cup on the way in. If you did, go ahead and take it out now. And what we're going to do is turn it upside down. And then I want to see if you can stand on it without crushing the cup. Do you think you can do it? Let's see if I can. I hear a lot of them crunching. I don't think you can do it. Oh, Blake, my, oh, so close. I don't think I can do it. No, you guys got a lot closer than I did. Boys and girls, do you think I could do it if I put a lot of cups out? Maybe if I put a bunch out. I think I have 15 cups here. Let's see. There's three, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, so if I set 15 cups out, Maybe I can stand on them and they won't break. Um, you know what? I have a board, too, that I can set on top. Now let's see. Do you think I can do it? Yeah. Oh, some mixed answers there. We'll see. I had a big dinner last night, so I'm a little nervous. Hey, look. It holds. Ooh. They're, they're starting to flex. I'm going to stop there. Wow, I don't want to fall off the stage. So there, one plastic cup couldn't hold me, but a bunch of them could. So more plastic cups are stronger when they work together. And the same thing can be said about us. Because in the Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 say, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So it's good for us to be together, isn't it? It's good for us to, to work together, support each other, encourage one another. And you know what? When we do work together, God can do even bigger things through us. And we can even show people a bigger picture of who God is, what he can do, and how much he loves us. Because we worship a God who's one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who all work together as one God. And we can work together too because we have a Heavenly Father who calls us His children, 
and then we are forgiven and gathered together um, and united together through Jesus. And the Holy Spirit who rose Jesus from the grave lives inside of us. That powerful Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And he can do amazing things through us, especially when we work together. All right, will you, will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us and for bringing us together. Help us to work together and show people your love. Amen. been found nothing really feels the same I hold my head a bit higher I lift my voice a bit louder yeah something inside has changed I am a mountain mover water walker more than just an overcomer cause I've been set free I am a gospel preacher, heart on fire, freedom singing, testifier, cause I've been redeemed, I am a believer. Through the struggle, I have joined through the struggle. 
That's good work, huh, by these guys. Thank you very much. Well, good morning, church. Welcome to uh, the 11 o'clock service at 1C, the sanctuary. Delighted you are here, and it is my privilege to welcome you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We are gathered together in the name of the resurrected Jesus. You know, we're doing this uh, sermon series on community, and this week we're going to look specifically at serving together within community. And as I was thinking and praying and researching and talking to people about the message, something kept coming back, and that is, is that the best that we can do when we serve in community is always going to be tainted by the fact that you and I are fallen image bearers. We are sinful people. So sin is always going to find its way into our relationships and our working together. However, there is great news in the fact that because of Jesus, because he came as a child, he lived, he ministered, he taught, he intentionally said yes to the cross. He went to the cross, he was laid in a tomb, and you know the story, don't you? He arose. At that moment, sin, death, and our enemy, the devil, they were conquered. We have forgiveness of sins in Jesus. Fantastic news. So I am glad to say that we can gather together in his name, and I welcome you to services this morning. Let's continue to worship.
significant time in the service is this moment of communion, the Lord's Supper. And, you know, since we're talking about community, um, it might be a, a, a good reminder to think about how do we do this as a community. I mean, we're, I, we're sitting in individual chairs and we have our little assembly of wine or juice and bread. But we do this as a, as a shared community in Christ. And it adds to just the beauty of, of this time, the, the significance of this time, that we share this as a, as a community of believers. Pastor Jim mentioned earlier that here at 1C, we believe that this truly is the body and blood of Jesus. And what I would like to do is just here in a moment, just share the words of institution with you, and then we can share the communion meal together. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper and gave thanks. And he said to them, drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you and for the many for the remission of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you. So if you would, take the side where we have the bread, take it out, and remember that this is the body of Jesus which was broken for you and I. And then if you'll take the side with the wine or the juice, and let's recall together, this is the shed blood of Jesus for the remission of sins for you and for me. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, may it strengthen you and preserve you and keep you in his marvelous peace. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you that you are there to hear our prayers and our concerns and our thanks and that you've made a way possible for us to just come to you and we just thank you for that. Prayers for baby Warren Nelson and his parents Derek and Lindsay for continued strength. A prayer of a birthday blessing 
on Tuesday, May 4th. Kirk Nesson will be 60 years old. Prayers for guidance and strength for starting a new job and help me not to be nervous. Continued prayers for my brother who had a stroke. Prayers for healing for my feet. Prayers for my marriage and for my husband to be able to handle his anger in Jesus' name. Please pray for my father to get better and feel better and continue to guide me to the ways that you want me to go. And thank you for all the blessings you have already gave me and will continue to give me. Thank you. A prayer for myself. I feel mentally and physically drained. Some days I feel like I'm just hanging on by a thread. And it's not only affecting me, it's affecting my entire family. So give me strength, Lord. Prayers for my estranged family and prayers for me to be able to gather the strength to return to my estranged family. Prayers for my wife who is struggling with her new chemo treatments that she may find peace and comfort in the healing hands of the Lord. Father, we just thank you for all these prayers this morning and the ones that are unspoken that are on our hearts that you know exactly what we need and where we are going and you are there for us. We just thank you, Father God, for that. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen and amen. So, serving together is kind of the subtopic of the bigger picture of, of community. And um, I was thinking about this particular fellowship called One See the Sanctuary, and it's coming together, I don't know how, 13, 14, 15 years ago. And thinking about how do we consider the ways that we serve together as, we're, as it's woven into this fellowship called One C. And so I thought, well, I would like to talk to a few people that were around when it was, when it was getting launched, and I just want to share a few snippets with you of things that I heard because they so nicely represent serving together in Christian community. There's no particular order to these things, and there's no particular emphasis on anything. It's just kind of a list, and I just want to share it with you. Here's something I heard. Kids were involved all around this building. Kids were involved in this process, and those children now have memories, and they have experience of what it was like to serve together. It was a cross-generational opportunity, and it helped to create ownership in the task that it took. There were a host of personalities in here and getting 1C launched, and there was this really great intentional effort that was made to kind of align personalities and gifts, spiritual gifts, with the task that had to be done. And sometimes that meant that a person might have to wear two or three hats. 
because they were particularly gifted in this area, in this area, in this area, and that's part of serving together is recognize I may have more than one thing to do. The load was shared that way. I was told that there were problems in getting this off the ground. Really? Trying to launch a church, you ran into problems? Yeah, a bunch of them. Like trying to hold services in the concrete gym back there kind of early on. So stay with me for a second. So think about this. Concrete gym, amplified sound. Can you hear it? Boing, 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 boing. So that didn't work. So they went back to the strip mall and there was a location. They began to go to work there. Then when it was time to start thinking about making this more into the church, there was all this time of having to do demolition of, the, of all the things that were here in the old YMCA. That required a lot of problem solving. When they were in the strip mall, they had these interactions with, let's see, I'll just say kind of the city fathers, which is a way of saying there were fire marshals and there was this person and that person and you know, some of that had to do with anticipated growth, although um, some of the research about church planting will say, well, you're going to launch and you're going to take off and then weeks two, three, and ensuing it begins to trail down. That's not what they experienced. They experienced continued growth so that that, of course, meant working closer with the fire marshal in this case. But they didn't want to let go of this idea that they were here to serve the unchurched and the dechurched. That has always been the heartbeat of 1C. Even in the face of criticism, and it came along, you know, the one that was shared with me was some people would come to those early services, and then there was this, man, your music is really loud. Maybe you could dial that back a little bit other forms of criticism. But the launching team, those folks involved, got it that this is the way we're going to go. This is how we're going to serve together to reach the unchurched and the dechurched. And you know, sometimes when you're approached and you're asked to serve, sometimes the answer is no. And that might just be the right answer. That might be the correct answer for that individual at that time. The answer could even remain no after some time of prayer, after some time of seeking God's counsel. It might remain a no, but it also might get flipped over and maybe God begins to work in a different way in a heart. And he takes that no and he begins to kind of craft it in a different direction. He changes the heart, and a person says, yeah, I think I will step into this. Attitude is a huge part of serving together. In this launch of 1C, there were many, many who had this attitude of we want to bless our community. We want to create a space where people can come in and find hope. We want to make hope available. So those are some of the things going on in the early days. And here we are this morning, this first Sunday in May. You and I and those who are live streaming, we are, we, we're connected to this particular faith community. And those of us that live in Columbus, we're 
connected to this community, maybe some of the outlying communities. That is our context for serving. And if you think about all the serving that is necessary to do one service, to do this service this morning, all the people that it takes to do that, it didn't just start at 8.30 this morning when people showed up and said, well, how do you want to do it this week? There's thought way back here in the week that comes along, and then people show up, and they know where they're going, and they know what they're doing, and they are serving together. And they do that not just so that we have an orderly service, although that's, that's important to have an orderly service, but they do that because they get it that this planning, this thinking, this serving together, where if it's cameras, if it's in the booth, if it's in the band, if it's distributing communion elements, if it's greeting, whatever it is, in some way that has a contribution to advancing God's kingdom. Then there are these you know, larger events that we have here at 1C where there's lots of serving together, the events like Trunk or Treat in, in October, and the community Thanksgiving meal in November. There are two uh, vendor fairs throughout the year. There's Night to Shine. Those are pretty big and visible, but you know, there's a lot of stories that reside out here. And all of the people that were here at nine o'clock and all the people that aren't here this morning or are out there on, on live stream, there are your stories of how you have served together. I know a few of them. You probably know a few of them, but I doubt any one of us knows all of them. And I think that's the way it is in the body of Christ. I think there is serving going on all the time. And so you understand this concept of serving together in Christian community. Serving together is a highly relational time, and maybe you can track with me on this, that because it's highly relational, therefore, it can also be very messy. It can be filled with bumps and detours and roadblocks and setbacks and just that, that tension, that pushing and shoving back and forth. It, it's just the way it is, the sight of heaven in relationships. But as we explore this topic, as true as those things are, the goal that we're trying to keep in mind is this, God's kingdom. We're building God's kingdom. And we do this work of serving together for his purposes, never our own purposes. So I have this slide that is, that is called this. It's not called that, what you're seeing up there at slide two. In Christian community, we learn to strip away our self-interest in order to serve others. In Christian community, we learn to strip away our self-interest in order to serve others. A question, how did Jesus model this? How did Jesus go about this business of stripping away his self-interest in order to serve us? Well, let's take a look at Philippians 2, 5 through 8. It gives us some clues. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. 
but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Good instruction here. Good instruction here for how we learn to strip away our own self-interest. I think one of the things that's here is this. Jesus made it possible for you and I to live this way. He made it possible because we have his mind. He's put that in us. That's mystery to me. I don't know how that works. But I believe it in faith. That I have a way of thinking that comes from him. A mind to think the way he does about this. He emptied himself. Took the form of the servant. He humbled himself. These, these were purposeful decisions in Jesus' life and in his, in his ministry. He decided, I'm going to be this way. I mean, he had the end goal in mind, for sure. I would argue this, that if my attitude and my practices in a community is to empty myself and to take the form of a servant and to humble myself... It's going to be very hard to do this while hanging on with both hands to my own self-interest. I don't think you can do the two at the same time. And I can only speak from my own experience, and perhaps you share this. When I am intentional about serving, my self-interest begin to just get chipped away at. They begin to fall away. And there is this uptick in serving intentionally, deciding to be empty, deciding to be humble. There is another passage that gives us a clue about how Jesus went about this. It's in Acts chapter 10, verses 37 and 39. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Again, intentional action to serve the other self-interest dropping away. A third idea. In our serving, we learn to share what God has given us, whether it be goods or spiritual gifts. In our serving, we learn to share what God has given us, whether it be goods or spiritual gifts. Consider Galatians 6, verses 9 through 10. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Do you see Jesus in this passage? Do you see him there? Do you see him as one who did not become weary? Do you see him as one who did not give up? Do you see him as one that latched on to every opportunity that God gave him to do good? 
We know from this, we know from the gospel accounts that yes, he did that. That's true. Galatians, I think that's a spot on statement about who Jesus was. And if you took that statement and you laid it across the gospel accounts, they would be in sync with one another. The other thing that Jesus did is he knew how to get away. He knew how to get away to pray. He knew how to get away to spend time just to be with his father. I think he got weary, but I also think he knew how to deal with it. Jesus had a great track record of never giving up, never giving up all the way to the cross. Let us not become weary in doing good. Have you been weary in doing good? I'm going to guess there's a large contingent of yeses in the audience. (laughs) Yeah. Have you wanted to give up? I know I have. And I I just love the, the kind of the shades of meaning that are around the word weary. It can mean to become faint hearted in the face of adversity. It can mean to lose courage, to lose heart and soul. It's weariness that's deep in the spirit that just says, man, I do not want to do this anymore. In my own particular story, and some of you know the, the story that, you know, in, in, in God's great knowledge, I found myself being a, the caregiver for my wife for 10 years while she was ill prior to her, to her dying. And there's probably folks here this morning that are currently caregivers or have had that experience. It's a, it's a soul-wearying experience. It takes it out of you. I wanted to give up. I wanted to walk away. And it was only through the, the power of the Spirit that get up, do the next day. So the weariness is going to be present when we are serving together. And the language that Paul has in this passage is really, really important because it presses on that point to not give up, to keep moving forward. Why? Because God has a result at the other end. And along the way, we're going to be in the hands of Jesus. He's, I don't know how or when that works for you, but he's going to be present to keep you and I from laying down and giving up. As we have the opportunity, I love that phrase, as we have the opportunity, to me it just kind of sends up this flag of, well, be alert to how the Spirit wants to guide in, in my life. There are serving opportunities. Where, how does God want to weave that into my life? Where does he want to guide me in doing that? I, th- I think there's a, a parallel thought that goes with that, and that is, is that not all opportunities are necessarily my opportunity to serve, okay? Not all opportunities are meant for you, for me. Listen for this direction as God wants to bring those along our way. He'll let us know. He'll let us know. 
There's a fourth idea. In community, we learn to be served, though we are sometimes prideful and reluctant. It goes something like this. Randy, I could really help you with that. No, no, that's cool. Thanks. I got it. I'll be all right. All right, you know. It's okay that I haven't eaten in three days and I'm on two hours of sleep. I, I, you know, I can get this done. This is pride and this reluctance to, to be served. We need to, have, we need to hold space that, uh, that allows Jesus to bring someone into our life who might just have got a call from God to serve you. So someone once shared with me to not deny a person the opportunity to serve me for that very reason. God, that, that person may have heard from God that said, I, I need for you to do this thing for this individual. So it's important that I receive what is offered. And I got a couple of examples from the Bible that talked to this point. One from the New Test- Old Testament, one from the New Testament. Um, Moses, okay? Great leader. Found himself somewhere along the way. This is in Exodus 18, if you care to read it. Uh, the guy, was, he, you know, he would sit in front of these thousands of people and he would render decisions and, and hear cases and no doubt listen to an awful lot of whining. And just, oh man, just reading the passage makes me weary. Just reading it. Well, along comes his, his father-in-law, Jethro. He comes into the camp one day, and he's, he happens to be there when one of these sessions is going on. And he's watching Moses, just he, hearing all these cases, one after the other, rendering these decisions one after another. Jethro, wise man that God must have given him. He says to Moses, I don't know if this is what's really written there, but he says, Moses, what are you doing? There's a better way. And here's what Jethro finally said to him. Look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. So God, through Jethro, raised up these men to serve with Moses, and the task of governing Israel got spread out, okay? Now, there's a what if. So suppose Moses had said, thanks, Jethro, I, I appreciate that, but I'm fine, I'm, I'm doing okay. Thanks for your concern. How long do you think Moses could go on like this? before he bumped into that classic word, burnout. Ever experienced burnout? I bet you have, okay? So please, remain alert to God sending help your way. Open your heart to it. The New Testament example is Peter. You know this story. Jesus takes a towel, gets a bowl of water, he goes around, he's washing the disciples' feet, and he gets to Peter, and Peter says, you will never wash my feet. Jesus said, if I don't, you've got no part of me. He, just, he balked at Jesus' act of service. Folks, sometimes we are the washers, and sometimes we are the wash-ees. Sometimes we serve, 
Sometimes we need to learn what it means to be in submission to being served. One final thought. This has to do with accommodating each other's needs and ideas and personalities and faults. Accommodating each other's needs, ideas, personalities, and faults. When we serve together in Christian community, it will rarely be in perfect harmony. There's going to be moments, there, good moments. There'll be good moments when, when we're in sync with one another. The work is moving forward, and a lot is getting done, and oh my, this is fantastic. And there's going to be other moments where it all just seems to crumble at our feet. Community's not in sync. The journey's difficult. It's a hard, hard struggle to just move in the same direction. So as we're getting ready to, to close this message, please think with me about a couple of things around this notion of accommodating needs and ideas and personalities and faults. First, there's an interesting shade of meaning around the word accommodate. It, one of the meanings is to make room for or to hold without crowding or inconvenience or to give consideration to, to allow for, accommodate. A couple of questions. Why might it be important to do this? Why might it be important to accommodate? I only unpack this with one thing because that, that's all I got, okay? It's important to accommodate because it, it contributes to the creation of unity. There's lots of scriptures that talk about Christians moving in unity. Accommodating needs, ideas, personalities, and faults is good practical application of how we do that. And it just might be the way that we go about this business of stripping away our self-interest in order to serve others. But let's consider the flip side. What, so what could happen if we do not accommodate? Well, it seems to, be, it seems to present as, a, as an unwillingness to even try to develop Christian unity, to foster Christian fellowship and love. I mean, what happens when we refuse to accommodate others' needs? Mm, I think people tend to feel ignored. I think people tend to feel minimized. What happens when we don't accommodate other people's ideas? Well, kind of the same, ignored and minimized, and maybe also feeling a bit brushed aside and, and not heard, and there's no, there's no chance for that idea to find expression. And what happens when we don't accommodate others' personalities? What happens when my thinking goes something like this? I don't want to take the time to understand and appreciate who God made you to be. You know, your personality is getting in the way here of the progress of this project. Your personality doesn't belong here. Ouch. People would experience that as rejection, being pushed to the margins. And what happens finally if we don't make accommodation for other people's faults? I think one of the things is, is that, because I got faults, you got faults, and perhaps one of the best things that can happen to our faults is that they get 
the light of Jesus shining on them. And if in Christian community, faults kind of bubble to the surface, and they will, and we don't make room for those, perhaps we're denying an opportunity for faults to get looked at. Maybe God has a notion to redeem those faults. But we just ignore them, treat them in a passive-aggressive way. It's, it's, not, it's not being honest in relationship. Can we be open to the diverse needs, ideas, personalities, and faults that are most likely going to be present in serving in a community? Can we learn to enter a serving community with attitudes that will make room for other people, that will hold the needs, ideas, personalities, and faults of each other without crowding them, without insisting that they be some other way? Can we just allow for a way to change us, sit with those things, and just invite Jesus in to show up and you know, help, us, help us figure this out? We can create that space because I really believe that in Jesus, the answer to those questions is yes, because of Philippians 2, 5 through 8, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Amen. And now, if you are in the room today, and you are involved in education in any way, shape, or form, you teach, you administer, you take care of facilities, you homeschool, you drive a bus, anything at all, would you please come down and stand right here? Because we would like to recognize you, and Pastor Jim would like to pray over you. Come on up. I know I'm speaking on behalf of everyone here. You are an amazing group of people. All that you do. And uh, when this COVID thing happened and you had to pivot, things changed quickly and so did you. And you accommodated and ministered in a powerful way. There's a, a, a verse from Proverbs that I was thinking about in advance of this. It says this, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. So I just think about all the, the investment that you give to kids of all ages, right? And they are blessed because of you. And my prayer I'm going to pray is that God would water you, care for you, keep you strong, keep using you in a mighty way as you do what you do, right? For the glory of God and to bless others. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, giver of every good and perfect gift, we celebrate these people in front right here, right now, and those that are sitting and didn't want to come up. We are amazed that in, in times like uh, COVID-19, times of, 
um, uncertainty or unprecedented times. These, your servants, continued on, sojourned on in uh, places and times where they've never been before. So thank you for all that they have done. And we pray your hand of blessing upon them that as they have given, that they will also receive. Be with and bless them. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's show our appreciation. <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you so much. Now, don't forget, do me a favor. After the service, go to Next Steps. Get your free drink coupon for the broken mug. And then we'd like to get a picture, a group picture of everybody. And don't forget what's going to come up Mother's Day next week. Uh, healthcare workers on the 16th and then graduates on the 23rd. So I'd like to invite everyone to please stand and I'm going to share with you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Serve the Lord.